0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom In
1: 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was
0: sold to the New York
1: Yankees. A three-run home run for Bucky Dent. the Yankees now lead it by a score of three to 2 Bill Lee is now going over to a couple
2: of the Yankees and- Tech a going at it. Roberts is going. The shot is Roberts
3: safe. What can I say? Just keep my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, episode 44. And one thing we're going to try to do a lot more moving forward, especially now that we've joined the Odyssey family, is because We have credibility now to get some guests, but this one was an easy get. No offense. Um, but uh, turns out the producer of the shows that I work on at WTIC in Connecticut uh, is a huge Yankee fan. And he's a lot like you, John, that he's just like, to me, like anyone who wears the shirts and the hats with any regularity has to have something hardcore going. Like there's yeah. The fan that wears the shirts and the hats to games mm-hmm. or the shirts and the hats, you know, on a special occasion. But if you have at least, okay, let's say my my over under, if you have at least 3 pieces of clothing that are your team, you're oh, probably hey. hardcore. So three? what is your How about what?
2: like 33? You got Okay, do you oh, think I've, I get joked on all the time like if I'm not wearing Yankee stuff? <laughs> so you have Like there's most people like wouldn't know this shirt savages with the box. That's Unless a Yankee you're shirt. Are you a Yankees fan or a yeah. baseball fan, right? right. Right. So, but I could wear this around and some people won't get it. Right. Right. But no, usually I always A couple have. dozen. You have like literally- Oh, at a... least. Yeah. I'll count them for the next episode, how many so I So
3: his name is Matt Saroyce, and uh, where are you on that? Uh, Items of clothing. I, I
1: have about close to 30 Jeez. pieces of clothing. <laughs> yeah. Whether they be guys. hats or pieces of clothing or-
2: See, um, I didn't have like, like, like hat hats. Like, I, don't, I only own one like real Yankee hat, and it's like their, their uh, World Series hat. You mean like,
3: the official hat that's not adjustable? You mean yeah.
2: I only own one of those. I have a bunch of like you know like the trucker hats and stuff, but usually those are bought for me. Like my wife buys them for me. Like I I don't go out and buy like Yankee hats. I usually just buy like. So shirts. you have like
3: let me just repeat this. So you have like thirty items that could are legitimately in your rotation. Yeah, like what's I because mean, like I like only the- have like one or two in my rotation.
2: I have probably like I probably have like eight to ten I go to all the time. You know I have I have a Phil Hughes. Oof. Shirt, oh, a t-shirt with a name on the back. And the only reason I got <laughs> is it that is at the bottom
3: of the drawer. Case right, like, when the everything reason, else is dirty,
2: but I got that because I c- you couldn't find those. Like you couldn't go. You couldn't find <laughs> Phil Hughes, and I liked him. Right, like Phil Phil Hughes was a good. He was a good pitcher for the Yankees for a little while, right? So
1: Phil Hughes thanks you for that. Yeah, while he's well, opening
2: he, baseball cards. We had a
3: thing for a while as soon as somebody tr- got traded or free agent signed with someone else, their shirts went down to five bucks. Like I have a Rocco Baldelli. <laughs> you know, like, I don't like, have a Johnny like, Damon. I yeah, don't have
2: right. a uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. Of course not. I don't have a Pavano. So I can I can at least say that. So I think I guess the lowest tier I've got is uh, Phil Hughes, and all I don't right. really consider that a low tier. Listen,
3: all right. So Matt, just quickly before we, we want you to chime in on all the subjects, so just don't fuck, right. don't wait. I'm nervous, but no. I'm good.
2: I want to know: Do you have a tattoo, a Yankee tattoo? I do have a. Yankee. All right, so <laughs> <now> that, that <laughs> is hardcore, right? Let me Let see
3: it. it. Me see it. What does have, it say? I have
1: the core four numbers on it, and uh, so that's like, Pettit, Yankee
3: Posada, style. Jeter, yeah. and uh, Mariano. Right. See, I like that. That's right. Wow. I, I it's so funny, I hadn't even noticed it. I mean I'm actually I'm better with that than I am with the um Phantom of the Opera. But, but we won't talk <laughs> so about Matt Who Matt is Spartan. your favorite
2: player in the Yankees? Like currently? For, well forever. Ever.
1: Uh forever. Um I, I really, really loved Nick Swisher when he was on the Yankees. Yep. It's a fan favorite. He was just looking like a little leaguer out there having yep. fun, right? Because you just want to his...
3: play hard and then go he, out with him and get hammered.
2: Yeah, he's oh, also yeah. Like an, ad, <laughs> yeah. an attitude you like to see on the Yankees. He was, he was, you know, he was a good Yankee, but he was like that different Yankee. Right, he, he wasn't exactly. like your total business Yankee. But when you, right. when you looked at him, you didn't look at the guy like, oh, we don't want him on the team. Like, and
1: right. I love, you know, it's hard not to love Derek Jeter as, as a Yankee Absolutely. fan. Um, I love listening now even to former interviews he's done where uh, Brandon Steiner has asked him like you know, what about like making it to the World Series? And he's like he's like, he didn't win the World Series like, why am I going to be happy with that? right? He's like, it's about winning. He's like, and if you're not winning, it's miserable. And he's just, like, and I'm miserable.
3: I just found him so
2: dry. Well, just, and he also said he you know, he would play until it wasn't fun anymore right. and then he just walked away which i think you know when he retired it did surprise a lot of our fa- a lot well, of the fans Well, he could have
3: played he wasn't at the top of his game the only thing i think that he did great as a red Sox fan is that he didn't get married as a ball player cuz he went on F like the dumbest thing i think right. is to you know not, yeah. to do that and so he, he was just smart about it he did everything it. right as a
2: ball player he Absolutely.
3: really did but that's what the thing about me that my only i mean i respect him you can't not respect him but he just was too cute and too perfect i just I wanted something
2: edgy about him. I'll tell you, man, it's a typical Red he need, Sox he bias scandal. He really needed some, scandal. He I needed something. Even, <laughs> can't even like Derek Jeter. I need some like f
3: bomb, you know, when on a kids show or something like something. I just something to show the he, he so wasn't perfect. So now that perfect.
2: now that Aaron Judge has fixed the gap in his teeth, can can we like him? No. <laughs> no, he
3: reminds me of the guy like in the Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's just like this, the the bat is like a toothpick, and he anyway. I, w- I want to take a step back because we have a ton of baseball to talk about. Just Matt, just talk about. You know, um, John talked about his family as his background for his Yankee fandom and going to the park when he was young and this and that. Where where does it come from for you?
1: Um, honestly, uh, growing up, my grandparents were huge into the Red Sox. And I kind of wanted to to be a little badass and go against the grain and... And say no, I'm not going with the Red Sox. They tried to buy me like a Mo Vaughn jersey. I was like, I don't want that. I was like, I don't want that jersey. I so you like,
3: chose it. You chose it.
1: I chose to be a Yankee fan. Yeah, and I guess it was maybe influenced because the rivalry was, you know, a little bit heated back then, like in the early '90s too. Still, but um, but yeah, I, I liked them ever since I was like six years old back in like '93. So this and, is um, John. This is John's
3: great question. Is and I want sorry. I want. When did you become? A super
1: fan? A super fan? I, I became, like, is there a
3: moment, like, did you remember that, like, you just went in deep after that?
1: Um, I mean, the 96 season was, was huge for me as a kid. Watching, you know, the 96 team was yeah. just massive. I mean, Bernie That, that was
2: a big was, changing point for a lot of Yankee oh, fans of, like, our yeah. general gener- generation because they stunk so bad in the 80s and right. into the early 90s. Like, this... Was the beginning of the Yankees' so-called dynasty? Right. Was '96. But and you, were like like, 22? you were like 22. You were like 21. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Even like in '94, '95. I remember watching Don Manningly play and everything, and just thinking he was like the best thing in the world at yeah. first base. Like. Was a guy with his mustache, just the swag dripping off of him, and Stash. everything. You know. Now, did you
2: get now? Did you get pushback from your grandparents or other members of your family? Oh
1: yeah, they always tried to switch me over. hundred percent, they always tried to switch. No, no, it's okay. Come on, here's the Mo jersey again. I'm like, no, I'm all set. Thanks. I <laughs> love the
3: intra-family rivalry. That's yeah. kind of cool.
2: See, we don't we're we're like lucky to the, that effect. We do not have that. Like literally, everybody in my family, that are yankee fans now there's not a lot of that's lucky i
3: kind of think it'd be fun if 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 one of your sons was gung-ho boston i think that'd be hysterical
2: yeah it'd be interesting in my family i i I don't i don't know how how it would work in the cynical household i can see your two (laughs) sons i can
3: see your two sons going to blows over it probably yeah
2: the same kids that i just took their ps4 away from because they were fighting (laughs) this morning like literally right before i got here so yeah
3: but the younger one can't beat up the older one can he
2: no, but he thinks he can. I mean, the older one is a lot stronger than he looks for his size, but the little one is, you know, he's got, he's see, got an attitude. See,
3: my, my older one is not only not as big and strong, but he, my older one's not as tough. So the little one bloodied him once, and now everyone's scared. to There like, you go. He's scared. Everyone's scared that he's going to try to stand up to him and get – really hurt yeah. so he's he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't even try anymore he an uh, listen he's john Senecal. i'm brian Shackman. we're here with matt Sorois here on episode 44 of Fanbase: a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports uh let's get in quickly to the teams because it's pretty unbelievable if you look at some of the past episodes and look at the <laughs> the titles of the show you realize what kind of season it's been um, the Yankees, obviously, whether the streak is on or off, I mean, they've played great ball. I mean, John, I know you. there's a couple things you want to point to, and then I'd like to get your take, Matt.
2: Well, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, they're clicking on all cylinders. It's un- unbelievable. I mean, I think, honestly, uh, the, the addition of uh, the Bronx kid, that, you know, remember we talked about Andrew Velasquez, um, talking about him. He, is, he has been a great spark to this team. And, and again, Aaron Judge. Rolling along, but like you know, Matt, you and I had talked about this before the show started. You know, we're a little nervous in a way because the Yankees have a lot of good problems ahead of them, and they got to make some big decisions coming up here.
1: A lot of a lot of good problems. You're right. What now. what are
2: they? So go oh, through it.
1: Gleyber Torres coming back. Like, what do you do with the kid Andrew Velasquez? You send him back down. You maybe put him on the bench, alternate him, or, or whatever. I mean, you know, the 30 man or the
2: 40 man roster is about to kick in.
3: No, there's no forty man roster this year, right? I think it's,
2: it's no. I think they just <clears throat> they just go with the normal roster, or they add one. I'm I think not it's sure. like 26. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm
3: there's not no. Noticed. I think they got rid of the forty man, so there's an even bigger. We also have, bigger Klu- you have
2: Kluber coming back too, but he'll be easier to slot in. But it's yeah. tough with Luis Hill pitching so good. He just keeps he's sticking down in the minors. You know, Tyen didn't have a good last start, but you know. Again, the big question is, you know, what do you do when Torres comes back, and he's not far from coming back? You know, there's going to be an odd man out on this team, whether it be Brett Gardner, Tyler Wade, the Bronx kid. I mean, it's it's, I don't know. Who do you think? Do you have any opinion on this? Who who, who would you get rid of? Oh, Someone's got to go.
1: I, I, it it is tough. It's tough to say. Do they Unfor- drop a pitcher? I don't think
2: they're gonna. They can't drop a pitcher. I don't
1: think they can drop a pitcher at all. No, <laughs> I I think they need depth in the bullpen, and you know, if they – Go with a sixth starter, even, and maybe throw that guy in the bullpen.
2: So there's a there's a position player that's gonna be the odd man out if and when Gleyber Torres comes back. Now listen, he's, he's he's swinging the bat. He did a rehab assignment. There's no guarantees yet on how he's gonna respond. Right, and we know we don't really know the extent of his injury. He had a sprained thumb, they say. Um, so if and when he does come back, somebody's gotta go. All right.
3: So listen, but my whole thing is getting back to. Um, you know, and I know that, you know, Rizzo hasn't played that great. And if he gets hot, it's even better for them. And But, you know, I go back to the closers. I mean, both the Red Sox and Yankees have had – listen, Matt Barnes and Roldis Chapman had a little bit of success late in the week, but I I still look at it as, as a red flag. And so if you're Aaron Judge in the – assuming Boone. Aaron Boone, sorry. If, if you're in a wild card game and you're up one run in the ninth – Mm. This is a straight out question. You're in a you're in a one game playoff and you're up a run in the ninth. What are you doing? Because you know what? You can put a guy you can you can say, Oh he'll put him out there and if he puts a guy on you yank him, but then he puts a guy on, the game's already in Well, you jeopardy. have to
2: face three batters. So if you come into the game, you have okay. to face three batters. So and what do you, you do? also have to ask yourself who's available, right? No, everybody's available. Everybody's available. So you got Green, Peralta, Luizaga, and Chapman. Yeah. There's your top four for the Yankees, yeah. right? Sure. That's you could available. even
3: bring back Mariano from the luxury Ghost bars. of Mariano.
2: I mean, I wish I could have the ghost of Mariano. And like so I said, what do you, you do? Should, it's a, it's a simple. You have to go with the hot hand at this point. You have to. So
3: whoever's, whoever's, whoever's pitching, pitching well.
2: Whoever's pitching the best has, is going in.
3: That's a diplomatic that's, cop-out. the season
1: ended today, yes. I would go with Jonathan Luizaga. He's pitched amazing. To me, he pitches 100 miles an hour. He's everything that Chapman is, but consistent.
2: John? All right. I'm going to talk about the last 10 appearances for these guys, right? Because I looked this up because we're going to talk closers, right? Chad so, Green. As of Friday. As of, yeah, as of Friday. Chad Green, 13 innings, 11 hits, three earned runs, 17 Ks. Wandy Peralta, 11 and two thirds, 10 hits, one earned run, nine Ks. Luizaga, 13 and two thirds, basically what Green, 10 hits, same as Green, one earned run, 13Ks. Chapman, 9.1, 7 hits, two earned runs, fourteen Ks. Now, if you look at those numbers, they're all pretty close. Yeah, they're not bad. Similar. You know, so I'm I'm thinking, you know, Loizaga, what you said is a great pick. I mean, I have no problem with Loiza going in. But you you look at Wa in and Green, and it's like you look at that span of 10 games, they never there's always that one game where you look at them, you're like, Oh my god, they can't be our closer again. Right? That and guy then, like, throws that up.
3: hard by Lewisoga throws that hard. Yeah. He reaches 100. He he's yeah. like Guidry. man. Yeah. he's not I mean, even that big.
2: He throws very hard. He and the throws thing, 100 the thing 101. thing
1: like about Luizuka too is that he can go in the 8th and ninth.
2: Yeah, and Lewisoga has the experience, right? Listen, like, you know, Lewisoga has been on the Yankees now. I believe it's his third year. Yeah, You know, so he 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 has he understands New York, you know. I I have confidence in the wise guy. I have no problem with that, but I'm going to stick with you got to go with the hot hand because all four of them granted Chapman has looked like a disaster, but he hasn't really pitched that bad. It's no, like more his, of like he his, came
3: his in his K's per 9, some of his stats are still really impressive. Yeah. did It's almost know, like
2: he just got stupid at one point be, in the last outing. Because
3: I'm pretty, you know, indifferent about the team. I don't really look I don't know much about the backgrounds to get into the bigs out of Nicaragua. He's a 5 foot 11 relief pitcher out of Nicaragua. Who's this? The oh, yeah. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, like, you have to go through a lot of stuff <laughs> in your life. I mean, forget about, like, Colombia or Venezuela. You I mean, know, even
2: Cuba is easy now.
3: I mean, that's just pretty incredible. Um, I know you Gone guys. Gone
2: are the days of El Duque coming over on the raft. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. true.
3: Um, I, I know you guys don't give a crap about, about um, Matt Barnes, but I, I actually think that the Red Sox problem is is kind of worse. I mean, I think they'd like to put in Garrett Whitlock, but they want to groom him as a as a starter and sort of slot him in there. I think puts him back. They like to put him in when he can pitch at least two innings or whatever. So I, I know I see your eyes gloss over, so I'm not no, going to touch no. on I, it. No, I,
2: I think what you're talking about is a huge deal for the Red Sox. I mean, the pitching in general is a big deal. When you look at the three teams, the Yankees, Red Sox, and, and Rays, that's what it's really come down to is the pitching. The Rays and the Yankees are pretty equal when it comes to pitching across the board. And then you look at the Red Sox, and they've given up almost 100 more runs— Mm. And they've walked more batters. Yeah, I mean, and it's just—it it's it just comes down to this, and hopefully Sale can write that ship. But listen, what Sales one has three starts. Yeah, he's he three starts. He probably and all. will have ten. But he's starts played nobody. Total. He's
3: played. He purposely exactly. held them out against the Yankees and against the Rays. He hasn't pitched against anybody. Right, but my
2: point is, this being is Sales going to need to win all his starts for the Red Sox, Correct. or put them in a position to win those games. We so either have to come away with a W, yep. or give them what they need. And he has done that so far, right? Granted, I don't care who he's played. Right, he has not looked bad. He just threw an immaculate inning. Yeah, His third one in history. Uh, he, I know, right? So Chris Sale knows how to pitch, right? Chris Sale's going to go out there and do what he has to do. So one
3: game, let's just—I'm assuming because we had to move on—I'm assuming the Red Sox and Yankees are playing in the wild card game. Correct? I mean, very well. Co- I mean, okay. So, who, so you think Sale gets to start over Evaldi,
2: right? Absolutely, as
3: long okay. as he's healthy. And it's against, he Garrett, Cole, against Garrett Cole. Right? This
1: could this could be me being biased Yankee fan hopeful? but I still think that the Yankees have a chance to win the division. I
2: do, too. That's what I was about to say, and you kept. I, I honestly think they do because they're going to finish out against Tampa to end the season as long as they keep hanging in there and keep playing. Listen, there's, Tampa is 8-2 and two over their last 10 games, right? The Yankees, we all know what they're doing with their streak. Okay, right? so, so if it's if, as of it, Friday,
3: they're, they're only four out. I'll grant you that, Matt. I'll grant you that. But let's just segue into that. We'll skip a couple line items, and we'll go back to it. I was just toying around with the Tampa stats and stuff. Let's talk about because my question on the other little fake rundown that I chicken scratched on my notepad. How do you explain Tampa? And I can't. I mean, they, the only player who has an average on their roster above 300 is Drew Rasmussen. He's a pitcher. Correct. He's one for three. They got
2: him in the William Adamas trade.
3: My point is, is that they don't have a regular player, no player above 274. A Ro- Rosa and you know who that
2: is? It's Wander Franco, the rookie. And that's the reason why they're playing so good. Right now. I'm just saying they got nobody. They got, they got him, and they got Rosarena, and they got Wendell. I mean, Wendell's not driving in a lot of runs, but his average is up there.
3: It's 2-7, my point, like they just don't have, they don't have, but somehow, whether it's the way they cobble that pitching staff and the way they use them, I mean, it's amazing.
2: Look at, look at what they did, all right? So they traded Rich Hill, they got rid of him, they got rid of Adamus, they got rid of Diego Castillo. Right, those three players. Like Rich Hill was just traded at the deadline. Right, he was looking pretty good. Right, he goes to the Mets. He's eh. like they know what's going on. If one thing that the that the Rays can do is recycle pitchers, sure. I they just I look at their numbers great. and I'm just
3: like, how are they winning so many games? And then you just you see their hitting, and they don't have a single position player, regular position player hitting over 270. They're they're it's they're crazy. they
2: pitching is good, and they lost Tyler Glass now. And what they do is they just keep they, they get these guys when they're young. And they don't hold on to them. They got rid know, of. Blake but that doesn't Snell. explain
3: to me why they're winning and in first place. Like I don't get it. I, I just don't get it.
2: I, I I point back to Wander Franco. Ever since they, I mean, they've been playing good all year. But with Wander Franco, when they got him, I think again it, it drives some youth into the team. They see that this kid can hang with all of them. He is a freak. He's like Juan Soto. He's like Tatis. He's a player that even when he's young that this team can rally around. Listen, everyone said on that team that they were heartbroken when Willie Adamas left. I don't really think they care about Willie Adamas leaving anymore. Like I think they got over that real quick. right? The Rays don't have players that are on that team long. They have two players on that team with longer than a one-year contract.
3: Yeah. Right.
2: Um, Brandon Lau was up in 2024 and Kiermaier was up after next year. And Kiermaier, like I said, up next year, he signed a while ago. Everybody else is a one year deal. They don't hang on to their players. They get them while they're hot and then they get rid of them.
3: It's crazy. I mean, I'm just I'm extremely and I know the Red Sox are trying to recreate a lot of it. So I just I can't I look at their roster and I'm like, I don't understand. But they do They And they play tough and they, they manage pretty well. All right. John Seneca, Brian Shackman here. Fan base, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports with our guest Matt Cerrois today. I want to bring up a couple things because uh, early in the week, uh, Verdugo, Alex Verdugo, who I like a lot, he <laughs> seller- He stopped in the box after a long hit as if he hit a home run, and then he realized that it wasn't a home run, and then he tried to stretch it in a double, realized he wasn't going to make it to second, so he tried to get back to first and got thrown out at first and like i like him i do but i think like to me that's that symbolizes everything that's wrong with the stupid bat flip
2: did he start the next game he did and he stayed in that game obviously i think so all right should he have been pulled
3: I don't know. Like that's the thing with Cora. Like he he finds a way to be firm, but he's also a player's guy. Like he doesn't show them up, but he holds them accountable. But given like, the circumstances, which is your point, is you'd have benched him?
2: Well, given the circumstances and the state of the team, right? That's the last kind of message you want to send, especially from a guy like Alex Verdugo, who I would not expect that from. To be honest with you,
3: yeah, it was I was disappointed.
2: That I, would drive
1: me nuts as a manager. Anyone
3: would you bench him? Would you anyone? bench him? Would you bench him for a
1: game? Yeah, yeah. why not? Uh, you know, absolutely. Or maybe just pull him out for the rest of the game.
3: I feel like people are so, the managers are so hesitant. That's why all these ex players are getting why? these managing why? jobs because they want the players to be you gotta, happy.
2: You got to ask yourself, like, what 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 was he thinking in that situation? He like, thought he had a home run. All right, so I I wasn't watching the game, obviously. So what was the situation in the game? Oh God, I have to go back to it. I mean, is it a close situation? Yeah, is I mean, they
3: see? they were they the, the, the game was in the balance.
2: Okay, so you're, you're running away with the game. I mean, I think regardless, you got to at least. You got to at least leg it out, right? You got to start running. Aaron Judge gets around the bases in like 19 seconds in his home runs, you know?
1: I'll tell you what, I remember years ago, not years, years ago, but enough years ago, where Robinson Cano would just drive me up a wall. Loafing. Every single time he'd like bounce out. You know, it. I've seen it a couple times with him, I can remember where the shortstop would bobble the ball, and he could have easily made it to first, but he was just moseying his way yep. down the first, and he got called out.
2: We saw that in the Yankee series, just a ground ball to O'Dor, and Ozzie Albie's is busting it out of the box, yeah, exactly. and he beats it out, right? Yep. That's to the one thing the that Derek bases. Jeter always did, and that's why, again, another reason to love him. Dude, that guy never gave up. Yeah. He always went 110%. So they were down
3: four zip in the fourth, and they needed a rally. That, and he, if he, he was had down run 4 nothing, yeah. And he and if they if I they had, thought they were up, no. Oh please, and if bench they the guy. and if he had run, he would have had a stand up <laughs> double.
2: All right. So listen, the other night, the, the longest game of the season was played. Right, sixteen innings. The uh, Padres and the and the Dodgers. All right. Tatis ties the game in the fifteenth in the top of the fifteenth. All right. Did anybody see that? I did, did not. Did you just see where his home run landed? Literally like six inches over the guy who jumped in right field to catch it, and he was still standing in the box when the ball went out. All right, now I give you the fact that like these guys know when they hit the ball out, but that ball was almost caught by the outfielder, right? In a fifteenth inning, while you're down three runs.
3: Yeah, to me that's and I love Tatis, but that's that's hot garbage as far as I'm concerned, Matt. You got a hot take on this whole pimping, pimping home run crap?
1: (laughs) I don't mind the bat flip, you know, when you know it's absolutely gone, and if it's like a game winner, like that, if you absolutely know it's gone. You know, if a, if you're a left-handed batter at Yankee Stadium, and you know when you you jerk it out, it's
2: like it's you done. you know when a guy hits a home run when it is gone, gone.
1: Like I love I love Roonetto when he when he hits a homer and he knows it. He just flips the bat, drops it, and like his cap, tips 10. his hat, and like starts running. I I love that.
3: Yeah, I like celebrations. I just you know like when it. You just you better be sure or it's gonna look really bad. And I again I like Verdugo. And I, I'm gonna actually segue into one more subject before we get to our nugget of the week, courtesy of John Senecal. Is I went to the game, the Rangers game Monday with my son, and we sat in left field right by the edge of the wall. There was nobody there. We could do anything. It was one of those days where it's so quiet you could actually get the players' attention. Yep. Uh, and it was great because, I mean, all my son wanted was a ball, and Verdugo would totally interact. Like, he tried to throw it to a fan, and it fell short and it fell on the field. And then I yelled, E7. He laughed. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it was funny. Like, yeah. and he was doing it back and forth. But what bugged me is that there was a guy who I've no- known in those seats for years. I won't mention his name. He was heckling, but it was not funny. Like, it wasn't mean. Who's trying to like, but like, <laughs> there's nothing to me more cringeworthy than someone who thinks they're funny, right. constantly heckling, and, and they're not funny. And everyone can hear you. And it was not, and like, to me, I was like, shut up, because like-
2: Can you the, give us anything? What do you have? Anything good? I was like,
3: how much for the glasses? I'll give you 50 bucks for the glasses. And then like, you know, and like, and and then- Like his like like, the glasses like he's wearing? Yeah. Like, like the outfielder? Yeah. And he's like, hey, I'll start up- uh, I'll start up a hidden clinic, and you'll be my first client. I think I could help you. Like stupid, stupid oh, stuff. Man. Like not funny, but I felt like anybody <laughs> could understand. This the under- whole game. Relentless. We oh moved our seats because I'm like, this guy's not gonna want to look <laughs> in our <laughs> direction <laughs> to throw <laughs> a ball. When
2: you have to move your seat and yeah, he's a nice run. guy. This
3: guy's actually a nice guy, but like, he thought he was funny and he was yucking it up in front of his friends as he was, you know, obviously drinking like 14 beers. But- it
2: was like, uh, like what was it? Vacation when Chevy Chase goes in and he's ordering the uh, drinks from the <laughs> saloon. He's like, hey, oh, yeah, rascal, <laughs> belly belly. <laughs> <and he> bl- <laughs> oh, it's all act. <laughs> but this my point is: is that if
3: you're gonna do it, and I like, I like saying something. Like <laughs> every day, opening day, uh, my goal is to get a little least a glove little flap from the guy and i you know scream like hey you're welcome to boston or whatever like i like talking to him but i just think my point is if you're gonna try to be funny you better flip and be funny because it just was it made the game experience actually worse
2: yeah so you saying this reminded me remind me of times like a long time ago the the albany colony yankees used to play in albany new york they were the double a yankees which i could go a whole other episode on all the players i met there Uh, including Bobby Dickerson. But so after they left, there was like a semi-pro team that came in there. And we're talking like small stadium, like high school stadium almost, with glorified metal bleachers. And my buddy and I went to a game there, um, and we sat right behind home plate. Now, when I say right behind home plate, like where I'm sitting now and where you are, is like the dirt on the field. Right, like everybody can hear you at these things. Right. right, so we were there. We had a few drinks, and I think we were like, you know, we maybe in college or just out of college, and it was so bad that the the bad the play was so bad that the pitcher every time he, got, he would walk somebody and the guy would get on base and they would steal to the point where the pitcher like he would he would be in is not even to come set he would just start to move and my buddy and I would go he's going. <laughs> the guy would steal. Like, the catcher would throw the ball back to the pitcher. We got so bad to the point where, like, the umpire like turned around and looked at us. And was like, "All right, guys, enough, like, enough."
3: Because, like, you looking outside at yourself would have been like, "Shut yeah, up, yeah, shut up."
2: But, but me, you know, like twenty-something-year-old me after a few drinks, like I that guy. But still, yeah. same kind of thing. But just to say, like, you know. What you can and can't hear, yeah. and now we've seen it with the COVID and stuff. Guys, these guys can hear a lot more, and even the games now that you could see the attendance is down at a lot of these parks, too. Yeah. especially like you game you said during the day. Well, that was a
3: day after a rainout, so there was nothing. I mean, it was they there was probably seventeen thousand people tops, I think. All right, so listen. Uh, any final thoughts on anything, Matt? I will get- tell
1: you one thing about Fenway, though. Uh, I remember um, Travis Shaw hit that grand slam and that walk-off. I was that there. Game. And he said there was like 17,000 people there. And the thing about Fenway, it still sounds like 40,000 people. Yeah, yeah.
3: well, I will tell you, I will say this, and I don't usually say this about Fenway fans in the summer because usually a lot of tourists, the crowd was good. And it reminds me when I when I dated Rico Bronya's sister in the 90s, we used to go to Shea when it was like 14,000. Yep. But it, if things got going, that place was rocking. And if you went up to the upper deck where it was all Latin... Latin population was up there, oh. they would dance in and like having a Party. blast. Yep. I mean, like, so it was the type of thing. You're right. It doesn't have to be a big crowd to be a good crowd. And it, they were going nuts. All right, John, what do you got for us?
2: Nugget of the week. All right. Nugget of the week. We're going to talk. Can,
3: you can sponsor it, by the way, if you want to sponsor it. All
2: right. Well, for now, we'll call it Nugget of the Week. And we're going to talk Little League World Series. Yeah. It's timely, right? Little League yep. World Series are going to have the big, uh, just United States teams in it this year. And they're going to be playing that this coming weekend. So uh, the big talk in this Little League World Series is a kid named Gavin Weir out of South Dakota, and he's thrown a no-hitter. And so far in Little League World Series, 16.2 innings, no hits, two walks, 45 Ks, and he's thrown two no-hitters. Wow. In the Little League World Series. No perfect game yet, right? In his tournament, he's in all the Little League tournament, you know, all-stars, districts, all that stuff, 43 and two-thirds innings, one hit, no runs, 114 Ks, six walks, and he's Holy. thrown four no-hitters no total. Oh, my. That's insane. Insane. And, you know, if, you know, if you watch him pitch, he's a lefty. They compare him to Chris Sale, Red Sox reference. Um, prior to this appearance in the, post, in the Little League tournament, South Dakota had been 1-11 in prior Little League World Series play, and now they have a legit shot of winning the whole thing. So that being said, it got me thinking. Got me thinking back to another big lefty in the Little League World Series, out of New York, in the Ronnie Polino All-Stars, Danny Almonte. Who wasn't 12. <laughs> Who wasn't 12. Like, some people thought he was 17. Some people thought he was 16. He turns out he was 14. Now, I want to talk about his numbers, right?
1: Five o'clock shadow. That kid. Exactly.
2: By the way, this
3: kid does look like Chris Sale. He looks like a mini Chris Sale. He I does. just pulled he up does. his stuff.
2: So, Danny Almonte, 18 innings pitch. He pitched three games in the Little League World Series. 18 innings pitch. Now, there's debate from what I've read if he had 62 Ks or 46 Ks. I'll go with the 62 because I read that more. Because it's more impressive. Yeah. 18 innings pitch, 62 Ks, three hits, one unearned run. Okay. So this guy's guy's better. This guy's better. Weird. He's better. He's better. In my opinion, he's. better. Did Almonte win the whole thing? They, no, no, no. Him and his 14-year-old self did not win the whole thing. <laughs> they finished third that year. By actually. the way, when I
3: was 14, I still probably couldn't have done
2: well <laughs> at the Little League so World Series. But back to Almonte, this kid throws was throwing 76 miles an hour, right? As a 14-year-old, Carpent with that short mound, it's actually 102, faster. 102, yeah, 102 yeah. miles an hour. Yeah. So they called him the little Randy Johnson. He got the keys to New York City, and then he went on. To, let's see, what did he do? He won, he went on to play high school ball, won some high school championships, and then he married a woman in her 30s when he turned 20, did moved he, out. Did he, did he go to college right? <laughs> he went to junior college in western Oklahoma, where he hit 472 with 18 home runs one year, and then he wound up playing some independent ball in southern Illinois, and now he's a coach, the greatest on him was he's a Cardinal Hayes coach in high school, in New York. So
3: he never went to full college, never made it to the pros. No,
2: but um, his it coach, like Ronnie Polino, did, yeah. did get suspended from play for having the bad players, and his dad did get arrested for forging the documents. Wow. Of him not being twelve. Why isn't that
3: a th- is that the, a thirty
1: for thirty? It's it, got it to be. It has to be. What are they doing? That's incredible.
2: But the impressive thing there is, like you said, look at what this Gavin Weir kid is doing. It's unreal. Like, uh, and he's like legit twelve years old.
3: But like, I, when they get to this, like I know they can't change the mound distance, but that kid looks like five ten or whatever, and he's throwing gas, and these little kids frightening in their shoes. But that's awesome. I right, man, any final closing? comments here I want was to
1: know the one kid who got a hit off of him seriously
3: that guy deserves yeah, no, the they, Jim Dandy They're they
1: walking I, around with well, swag right now was like,
3: they the asked, asked it was? him
2: they asked him who got the hit off him and he never answered the question he was a typical <laughs> professional ball player <laughs> yeah, he, he glazed like, around yeah, the yeah, answer boy, it was really great <laughs>
3: alright Matt it's great to have you obviously Thank you know you. you're close by we'll do it again yeah, man. Matt Sorois John Senecal Brian Shackman this has been episode 44 of Fanbase a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports you want to do your little
2: where you can see us and watch us stuff check us out on uh, Facebook Facebook Podcast fan base and on Twitter, fan base podcast. We gotta change that. I um, flip flop. I think I actually just said it wrong. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you next week.